listening to the Business Building Rockstar Sessions with your host, Nicole Holland. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Business Building Rockstar Sessions. Today's episode is a clip from an upcoming Business Building Rockstar Summit 2016 session. I hope to whet your appetite with this and that you'll want to come hang out with us for the live event November 1st to 10th, where I'm bringing together business building rock stars from all over the world to teach about some of their favorite business building strategies and how you can apply them to your own business right away. Let's listen in to today's episode now. Hey there, welcome to the second annual Business Building Rockstar Summit. I'm your host, Nicole Holland, and I'm so thrilled to have you joining us on this incredible value-packed 10-day online event where I've brought together top industry leaders who I personally respect and admire to share about some of their favorite business building strategies in order to help you build your business like a rock star. Best-selling, award-winning author of 10 outstanding and impactful books, including Guerrilla Marketing to Heal the World. Shel Horowitz is a world-renowned international speaker on green and social change business profitability, on instilling social change into organizations, turning hunger and poverty into sufficiency, war into peace, and catastrophic climate change into planetary balance, all while making a profit. Shel Horowitz, it is such an honor. Thank you for supporting the business builders here at BBRS 2016. Happy to be with you, and this is our second interview together, so I guess we must have had some good things happen the first time. Absolutely. It's, it's uh, definitely fun to come back and, and share some of your strategies and tactics. Of course, if people want to learn about you as uh, and your journey, then the Business Building Rockstar Show, we had a great chat there, and um, today we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. So, Shell. Why are you so passionate about helping people understand that they can not only do good for themselves, but they can also do good for humanity as a whole? I really feel, Nicole, that I was put here to do this work. I have been combining now for the last 40 years, more more than 40 years, I've been combining my own interests as a marketer and as an activist. And Really, in the last few years, I've begun to think about how to braid these things together into a career. And it's the most powerful and amazing work I've ever done. And I feel so blessed to be able to, to do this, to be able to really think about how business can be a level for social change. So often we think of business as the enemy or the oppressor. And I, I feel like business is any solution to things like war and poverty and climate change has to involve business but it involves business in a different way from the old rapacious big companies that we all know and hate. Great. So with problems happening all over the world, like natural disasters, war, poverty, crimes against humanity, is it really reasonable to think that single solo entrepreneurs can actually do anything that's going to make a difference? Well, let's talk about some ordinary people who have made a difference, okay? Think about what is more ordinary than a seamstress, okay? A seamstress in Montgomery, Alabama in 1955 named Rosa Parks really was the spark for the modern civil rights movement. How about an electrician? An electrician working in a shipyard in Gdansk, Poland, launched the Solidarity Movement 
threw the Russians out of Poland and became its president, like Walesa. So those are just two among dozens of examples I can show you where ordinary people make a tremendous difference. And ordinary people who are in the business world, obviously we have access to resources that make that job somewhat easier. So all of the great social change throughout history had to do with ordinary people saying, I've had enough. Now the trick is that they do better when they work with others. Or one person by themselves is usually not enough to start a movement. But one person who says, I'm going to do something and organizes a movement, well, that person is unstoppable. Awesome. And so speaking of a movement, when you talk about organizing a movement, what do you mean by that? It could be as small or as local as the movement that I started to save the local mountain. I'm actually going to show this mountain because I can turn my laptop around. You can see the farm that I live on and behind it, the mountain. Can you see that? Nicole? Yep. Sorry, I was muted. Can you see that? Yep. Okay. Good. Uh, you tell me if I've So I was showing the mountain that is behind my house. The next mountain over to that, a developer announced back in 2000, 1999, sorry, that he was going to build 40 trophy homes on that mountain. The mountain I just showed you is actually a state park. It's Skinner State Park, and it's also known as Mount Holyoke in Hadley, Massachusetts. And he was going to put these 40 homes going from the road to the ridgeline, visible from the top of this beautiful mountain I just showed you. And I was the one who said, no, <laughs> we're not going to let you do that. But I didn't just say, oh, this is a terrible idea, but there's nothing we can do. I went out and leafleted the neighborhood. I sent press releases. Um, I got 70 people to come to the first meeting in my house. Another 30 who called that day or the day before and said, oh, I'd really want to come, but I can't make that meeting. And uh, ultimately, we got literally thousands of people involved, at least on the level of signing a petition or putting up a lawn sign or a bumper sticker. Uh, we could pretty routinely get 400 people plus coming to a public hearing. Now, mind you, there are 5,000 people in my town. So to get 400 people is like 8% of the whole town coming to a meeting. So this was huge. And it was actually much more successful and faster than I thought it would be. I expected when we started it that it was going to take us five years, and it took 13 months flat. So that's one kind of movement. Uh, then you have things like charity water. Again, just one person who decides to make a difference, making a difference in hundreds of communities and hundreds of countries around the globe. You have things like the Rocky Mountain Institute, one of my favorite nonprofits, which has done amazing energy work all around the world. And right now they're working with African nations and Caribbean island nations to get them off diesel and onto renewables. And of course, these countries are very well placed in terms of capturing the sun. But their infrastructure is very old and very oriented toward fossil fuels. So there are many, many profit opportunities involved in starting a movement like that, and there are thousands of examples of great movements out there that are really making a difference. You think about the whole toxics movement, the movement to know what's in the stuff that we buy. Really, you can boil that down to one woman, um, her name was Lois Gibbs, who lived in Love Canal outside of Niagara Falls, New York. And she got pretty annoyed that her house was contaminated and that she had to leave it. So she started a movement around toxics. I had no idea, and I know Love Canal very well because I have some property in Niagara Falls, and I had no idea about that. That's so cool. 
Yeah, this was maybe, I don't know, 1978, 1980, somewhere around there. And so because she was so fired up about what was happening in her community and she started the awareness that has led to what we're at today where people actually care about what's going into their bodies and into their, to their food. I think she can take a lot of the credit. Yeah. That's awesome. So let me ask you to sort of role play something here. So assuming that you had a client come to you and they said, listen, I'm not a, I don't have a team. I'm not a nonprofit. I'm just this one person and I'm a fitness coach. And so like, how could you help me understand how I can make a difference while also making money? Because I think a lot of times we think that when we want to make a difference, it comes down to the dollars and cents, and it comes down to what we're co contributing um, to somebody else, but, or, or it comes down to a lot of time and energy, and we just don't think we have those resources. So how would you help an independent fitness coach recognize how they can help heal the world? Okay, well, I see a few different levels. First of all, I know of at least one fitness center around here that has converted to exercise bikes that actually harness the energy of the biker. So the lights in the place or whatever it is that they're using are pedal powered. So that's a really cool and, and relatively easy thing to do right there. Then you can think about how you can use the resources of your members and their desire to help the world. And how can you leverage that into, say, a charity event where maybe one day a month you have a fitness for charity program of some kind where you get lots of people recruiting their friends and say, hey, I know you don't like to work out in the gym, but come this time, well, there's this easy workout you can do. And uh, for every person who, who comes in at that point, they're going to give $5 to the food bank or whatever it is. And the nice thing for the gym, of course, is that becomes a recruitment tool. If the person comes in and has a successful experience doing this easy workout, then they're thinking, gee, I feel pretty good right now. I, um, maybe I should do this more often. And they're, oh, yeah, you can sign up for a membership and we'll even donate um, a, a tenth of what you pay to that same charity. Cool. So, and act, let me hop in here just for a second, because I think a lot of the people who are coming to this summit, they're not quite at that point where they have a gym. I, I work with a lot of clients who um, are coaches for fitness, but they work out of their house or out of a park. And it's a lot of our people are at that point, but we also have a lot that aren't. So can we even dial it down a little bit? What you're saying, I'm hearing something like, even at a grassroots level, as a solopreneur, you could do an event like that in a park and mm -hmm. say, everybody bring a can for the food bank, and that's your entrance, and we'll do this class or something like that. Am I hearing that correct? That's a possibility, yeah. And then you can also, since you're in a park, the park itself, parks are starved for resources. So talk to the park superintendent about what do you need and how can people help? Is there a fitness activity we can do that involves picking up litter and doing, you know, lifting them over your head with, with ab curls or whatever? Uh, I'm brainstorming here, so this is not thought out at all. This is totally... I love it. It's very off the cuff. Yeah, um, but you could work with that park to make them an ally for you and then to make them, of course, very interested in promoting you as a fitness person. And then you can even go to your regional association of solopreneur fitness people and say, how can we do this together? Can we adopt a park as a group? All right, so that was just a short clip from our session 
during Business Building Rockstar Summit 2016. If you got value from that clip, I hope you'll head on over to bbrsummit.com to sign up for free for your pass to hear the entire session as well as all of the other general sessions to help you build your business like a rockstar. We've got amazing, amazing rockstar speakers, and I know that you're going to get so much value out of it. So again, bbrsummit.com. Head on over, grab your free ticket. Until tomorrow really blown my mind. You've really blown the lid off of all of my expectations. I knew that anything you would do would have high integrity and lots of great, amazing content. If I know anything about what you bring to the table, I know that this year is going to floor everyone and I can't wait. The Business Building Rockstar Summit really became a part of my everyday business, became such an addiction. It was something that I'm using right now and something that I'm seeing results from immediately. I am so excited for BBRS 2016. This year is going to be even bigger, even better, and I know that it's going to make my business explode. I had a whole year to stew about everything that I learned last year, and now I need to learn new tricks, and Nicole's going to give them to me. I have to say that from the summit, it has given me a level of confidence and that push that I needed to really get started. I was hoping that I would get some strategies to help me to decide which route to take. And I certainly did get that and a lot more. I don't know how you can do any better in 2016, to be perfectly honest. I thought that was fantastic. I've never seen that before in any of the summits that I've invested in in the past. This really has been a fantastic experience. What I was most looking for was something that would kick my business in the butt. I really needed some concrete details. And so, yes, the summit did deliver that, absolutely. There's a lot of things that I got that I wouldn't have done or gotten around to anytime soon if I hadn't participated in the summit. BBRS 2016 is one of the best, if not the best place to be in 2016 when you're about building businesses online.